Hello and welcome to Brits on Flicks, your monthly movie podcast where we discuss, deliberate and dissect a movie of our choosing. This month the movie is Crimson Peak. Brian, what is your history with this movie? Uh, well, prior to watching it again for this review, I had only seen it the once, but mm. um, I, di- I did review it over on my YouTube channel when I saw it, and I, I actually thought it was pretty underrated uh, when it came to the work of Guillermo del Toro. I, th- I, I felt that when it came out, <clears throat> it didn't seem to be getting the kind of love that I felt it deserved when when you looked at it in comparison with other films by Del Toro. Um, so yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was, it was very dark and twisted um, and I bought it on Blu-ray uh, but I was then gifted it on a special edition Arrow release Blu-ray from well, you. <laughs> so I, I actually gifted my copy, the one that I bought and never watched, to a friend of mine. Um, and then finally, yeah, got around to watching the copy that you got me. And yeah, here we are. Yeah. So what do you think of that set? It's it's a nice set. I've not gotten to all the special features on it yet. but Just the packaging's kind of a little bit different, a little bit nice. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, I do prefer when they do the other kind of boxes, you know, the like the one for Robocop and... Uh, yes, I do. I, I, yeah, I definitely prefer those. Um, not, not if for no other reason than my real kind of anal retentiveness. I, 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 I like everything on my shelf sitting at the same yeah. level and I can't stand peaks and troughs when I'm looking at my shelves. I, I, Roy Barrett um, over on Facebook mm. t- today yeah. he posted uh, his Marvel, Marvel collection. collection yeah yeah and, and he put DVDs <laughs> with Blu-rays and it was freaking me out I was like no yeah. no I can't cope with this at all DVDs together yeah. and Blu-rays together but never the twain shall meet um, mm. but yeah we'll, f- we'll forgive him he's young <laughs> in the collecting game <laughs> Um, yeah, well, Crimson Peak for me was something that I was really looking forward to when it was coming out. One of those movies I, I was eagerly uh, anticipating. I went to the cinema to see it, and I left a bit underwhelmed. Um, and it was one that I'd, I never went back to again. So I was I was yeah, looking right. forward to revisiting it because it came out in mm. two thousand and fifteen, I mean, almost five years ago, and it was something that I thought, well, it's Guillermo del Toro. You know, the guy has has a legacy of movies behind him and they're always usually pretty good. So I was eager to, to revisit it just to see if it was an initial uh, misunderstanding of what the film was. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get that, you know, you go into a movie yeah, with yeah. a preconception, mm. it doesn't live up to your thoughts and, and sometimes you, you write it off as being not great when really you misunderstood it and didn't take it properly mm. the first time. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, I did that with The Guest. I remember, mm. uh, like, I, when I reviewed The Guest when that came out and I gave it, like, a 5 out of 10. Mm. Um, I was just like, yeah, it's just it's just lame. And then I I just had the urge to watch it again a few years later. And, and yeah, I, was, I sat there thinking, what the hell was I smoking when I first watched this? Because this film's awesome. Um, mm. Yeah, so I, I've had a few films like that, yeah, definitely. I think sometimes it serves you well to give a second watch. Yeah, absolutely, which this is for both of us. Mm-hmm. So, do we have a little synopsis that you have prepared or stolen? Yeah, stolen. <coughs> <laughs> Good man. Here he goes. In the aftermath of a family tragedy, an aspiring author is torn between the love for her childhood friend and the temptation of a mysterious outsider. Trying to escape the ghosts of her past, she is swept away to a house that breathes and bleeds, known simply to the locals as Crimson Peak. Yeah. Now, very early on, there is a a very telling line in the movie that tells you exactly the story Mm -hmm. you're in. It's not a ghost story. It's a story with ghosts in it. You know, it, it doesn't hide that and it's, it's at all. And that's one of the things I, I thought I was going into a ghost story and I wasn't prepared right. for this. And it should be noted, it goes hand in hand. Gothic horrors typically are uh, imbued with romance or that kind of romanticism. Um, mm-hmm. 
first of all, what do you think about the casting of the movie? Uh, I loved it. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, I think <clears throat> Mia Wasikowska has... I, I, she, I wouldn't say she's ever been a miss for me, mm. but she's not quite always a hit. Sometimes she's she's just there. Um, whereas here, I, I, I kind of really liked her. And I think she's probably elevated by the actors that she's with. I think um, yeah. being on screen with Hiddleston, on screen, I should say, with Hiddleston and with Chastain, I think kind of raises her game quite a bit. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I definitely like her. I, I think she is maybe still the weakest link of the three from a performance standpoint. Mm. Um, but only because I think that Chastain and Hiddleston in this are really great. Um, Hiddleston in particular, he yes. he plays a character that is, for want of a better word, a bastard. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's, yeah. he's 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 not a nice man. You know, he's he's responsible for you know the deaths of quite a few women who, whose ghosts mm. haunt the hallways of this of this mansion um so he is not a nice man but yet given what we find out about him and what we know about him you mm. still can't help but sympathize with him um and i almost feel shocked at myself for doing so by the time we get mm. to the end okay. of the film because um, it's like it feels like there's a redemptive quality to him at the end like he wants to <coughs> you know he, like he's, he's trying to save this woman, but that, that doesn't negate the fact that he killed all the other women or is resp mm. at least responsible in some way for their deaths. So, okay, so he's he's in love with this one and that's why he wants to save her. So it's still it's still a somewhat selfish motive. But I, like I say, I still kind of sympathise with the guy. Mm. I think I quite like Mia Wazakowska because I think she, in, in this movie in particular, she has mm. this sense of weakness but mm. it's imbued with a sense of strength underneath it as well a strength of character mm. you know she may stand up for herself but possibly go for a cry afterwards you know the argument mm -hmm. she, she feels both strong and weak Jessica Chastain I think is wonderful because she on paper is playing a one note character you know yeah. unlike Hiddleston she doesn't try to uh, whine and dine or, or be charismatic she just hangs in the background brooding mm. but still seems to get a lot across um, mm. Which I, I think probably is a problem with the script. The fact that her character is, is so uh, jealous and, and bitter and understanding of the, the necessity of what they're doing. Mm. Hiddleston, I like in a sense because you get this kind of idea that, that he's not the one that's doing the deed of murdering these people. It's his sister that does it, poisoning, but he's complicit he's, with what's he's happening. Fully complicit. Fully complicit. Yeah, I, I, I would say he's. Worse than the, the murdering sister because he's the honey that, that's bringing these people in to be murdered. You know he knows what's happening when he meets somebody. He's choosing the victim. Mm, um, yeah, and it doesn't come across as that maniacal evil way. There is a, a turning point in the movie later on where he, um, I'd say, falls for the character and mm. and wants to save her, which I for some reason and this happened the first time. I just don't buy. I don't see it within the character. I don't see that redemptive nature that you're, you're talking about. I, I don't really? know what it is, and that kind of okay. yeah. I just I just don't buy it. It seems um, the character doesn't seem to show me anything that makes me feel that he's went that way, other than a quick moment at the end where he's like just run. I don't see that that build up within that character. Really? Yeah. That's bizarre. Because uh, yeah. there's there's moments littered throughout. I think they, they, to me they feel false. <clears throat> they, they still feel like he's playing the game of cat and is, mouse. Is, is that not because you're reading them from that perspective that he is still playing, playing the part? It, it um, could be, but it could be as well that you're reading it a different way because you want him to be, you know, on her side because she's nobody else. I just it's, it's possibly, you know, either. I don't Neither know. Possibly, it's, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's just because um, I don't know. I just feel like his reaction to the sister giving the tea, and you know, he's he's 
he's kind of trying to get her to not drink the tea and it's like it's like I don't know it just for me it felt organic I, I don't know I, I, I don't know why I, I can't put my a, finger on it but it's just if I was going to pick yeah. something I would say it's, it's I don't feel that the attraction or the connection between that character, the two characters together, and it could just be a case of if he was feeling a little bit uh, repentive to what they're doing, it's because he can't do another one, not because this one's special. You know? Right. I don't buy the love story. Right. I feel a little bit of both in that regard, to be honest, mm. but... Yeah. I, I do, but... I see. I still won't go so far as to call it a love story because, you know, once once she realizes what he is, mm. it becomes more of a survival story on her part, and yeah. for him, a for him, a chance to redeem himself. Again, like I say, it's not while there's romance attached at various points within the film. I wouldn't ultimately call it a love story. It, it is. A, a film about I mean it's it's typically del Toro in the sense that mm. the the scary things that lurk in the shadows the monsters so to speak are actually the most human element and the you know the the human element is the most monstrous mm. um, you know it's something that he does in all of his movies uh, mm. this is really a story about those women those ghosts reaching out and and yeah, getting justice, but uh, yeah, there's one thing, there's one casting choice. I just, I just, I'm not 100% keen on, and that's Charlie Hunnam as the Doctor. For some See, reason, I, I, like when, when, when I first, sorry for interrupting, but it's it's, no? it's only okay. because when I first saw this, I was in complete agreement with you, um, and. At the time, I I didn't really know Hunnam from much. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I I when I when I watched this the first time round, I was a bit like, this guy feels like a bit of a nobody to be honest. Hmm. Um. So the fact that he played such a pivotal role in you know, certainly the ending of the film and mm -hmm. and, and helping Wazakowska's character. I, I felt like, yeah, he, we could have done with someone with a bit more charisma. But since having seen this film the first time, I have seen Hunnam in a lot of other stuff. You know, I've, mm. I've you know, recently The Gentleman, which I thought he was brilliant in. I thought he was, yeah. he was hilarious. I, he was I, I would say that's and, the and, first role that he's been in where, where I've, I've seen the character other than him. See, I, I would also say um, The Lost City of Zed. Um, was a good one with him. I thought he was very good in that. Um, th there is a few, uh, like I say, that I've s seen him in where I thought, actually, no, you know what? This dude can't act. King Arthur, I thought, is a pretty underrated movie. I enjoyed him in that as well. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that movie, but I, just, I wouldn't say he's a standout. He's fine. He's not egregious in any mm. way, but he's fine. All I'm saying is I come back to it this time and mm. I feel like I like this guy a lot more, but I feel like that's got more to do with me liking Charlie Hunnam a lot more than than the. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. I think in this in this instance, I have to trust my first watch yeah. of the film, not my second watch, because I think the second watch is tainted by the fact that I would now call myself a, a little bit of a. Hunnam fan to some degree. Let, let's give him a bit of a, a caveat here, a, a bit of saving grace, because it's a hard character to to play because he has to be kind of lovelorn, but not as mm. charismatic as much that we want Wazakowski's character to, to be with him. Mm -hmm. But we have to like mm -hmm. him enough that we're rooting for him by the time he gets back to England to save her. It, it's it's a hard yeah. balance. Yeah, he's to he's off. not the typical male protagonist who saves the princess and no. and all that lot and 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 then kills the villain. He's the not the main protagonist who kind of comes in and helps the princess, but ultimately isn't the one who saves her. Um, he's more the one who ends up being saved. So he kind of there's a bit of a switcheroo there to some degree and he almost becomes the damsel in distress so mm. yeah it is 
I, I definitely see what you mean there. Um, there's there's no big moment really for him to no. to win us over to that degree because uh, because it's 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 Wazakowska's story basically. Yep. It's her character's movie. You know, it's her that we're following. She's the one who mm. does the voiceover. She's the protagonist. So quite mm. rightly, she's the one that we would identify with most. And I think if you look at most traditional films that do have you know the male central figure mm-hmm. and you look at the female role say in in those movies i would say there's probably a pretty strong chance you would feel the same about those female roles as you do about hunnam's character in this it's mm-hmm. just that we're not used to seeing them be given to the male actors um so you know i i I guess sign of the times i guess i don't know um what i I forgot almost about was the amount of time the movie spends in america before we get to england you know it's almost Mm. split down the middle um Mm. and and you get this kind of family set up with the death of her father and the whole thing like that and the whining and dining and the romance what, what do you think about the yeah. split in the movie and the fact that it, it has both these countries equal time I really like it um, I I kind of like the the more political elements of it the class system stuff that's going on um, mm. and I love the production design on this yeah. and the lighting you know when, when you you're talking gothic horror you're talking about a particular kind of architecture you know big windows archways things like that that just gives a, a very brooding menacing kind of feel to the environments that you always find the characters in um, mm-hmm. but it's also there's also something very beautiful about it so even though it's scary even though it's ugly in some ways mm-hmm. it's also beautiful um, because of the way it's yeah. lit and the colors and things like that but yeah, I mean the production design is fantastic. I, I like the the kind of idea of the, the Americans who don't have as much sort of history as the British, mm-hmm. and they still have the, the sort of different kind of gothic feel. Um, Wazakowski's mm-hmm. house kind of stands alone, and it's always shot from these like low angles, giving it that mm-hmm. kind of spooky feel. And then we get to England, particularly the house at Crimson Peak, it just kicks into overload, and it's just mm-hmm. wonderful. The fact that has the, the hole in the ceiling that has the snow <laughs> falling through it and, and the red coming through the snow and these hallways that are all deep reds and, and aqua greens just mm. the playing with colour that, that Del Toro always does it's just it's so luscious just to look at it's wonderful mm. I kind of like the father character as well yeah. um, it's like the thing is he's right like everything he suspects mm. is right and yet the way he goes about it at the beginning you kind of can't help but think what a douchebag but mm. then he's right so it's like it is one of those characters that's a bit yeah it's kind of a double-edged sword because actually do you have to be so douchey about it but then ultimately well, you were right to do so because this guy's a great it's father's actions that put Wazakowska in the firing line because you always mm. already hear that Hiddleston has picked someone else as his next mm. victim and because mm. of the way he's treated he jumps onto her you know he moves mm. his target so to speak and it's primarily because of the, the way his father acted um, mm. which, uh, uh, little schadenfreude there um, <laughs> but um, what about the ghosts? We haven't spoken about the ghosts as yet. What do you think of these CGI creations? I, I like them. Um, I didn't like them when I saw the trailer, and it was one of the things I was most nervous about going into the film because when the trailer was released, I don't know if, if I don't know if they just it was one of them cases where the the effects were unfinished in the trailer, mm. but it just particularly that one that's when it's crawling along the corridor. Mm-hmm. It kind of comes up out the floor. It looked too shiny in yeah. the trailer. Um, it looked, yeah, just too polished. Um, and yet, what, certainly watching it this time around in the film, it, 
it didn't kind of jump out at me as glaringly CGI in that regard. I mean, it clearly is, but it, it wasn't offensive to my eyes. Uh, hmm. I, I, sti I still like the design of it. It is a typical kind of del Toro creation. I, it's probably not up there with, you know, the likes of the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth or anything like that. But yeah, for a, for a haunted house story, it's, it's effective enough. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, what exactly was in those vats under the house? <laughs> the, the bubbling red mixture. I mean, what, what, what it's it? it's 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 clay. What, what were they doing with that? Well, that that's what he's mining, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just so don't that, know that, what was happening in the pots. <laughs> just, just like... Well, well, you, I, I, I think it's the 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 big pots are what they use to melt it down, so right. that it can then be put into vases i would imagine and then shipped off <laughs> elsewhere or something but uh yeah yeah, yeah it's just just clay yeah it's, it's, yeah it's a cool idea it's a great visually mm. the idea of this red mm. clay you know and, and coming through the the snow um mm. could say it was borrowed later on for the last jedi i suppose <laughs> Oh. So, I mean, would you rank this as a, a high Del Toro movie? Or? I would, actually, yeah, I would. Um, I, I, I don't know, I just, I really like it. I just, I can't quite explain it. It's just, it's a visual treat. I like the characters, despite, the, you know, even the even the ones that are horrific to think about. You know, the, the, the relationship between the brother and sister has mm. clearly gone somewhere it never should ever go um and yet i i feel sympathetic somewhat to both the characters to be honest and again like you said i think that's more down to how jessica chastain plays it than anything else but she's clearly someone who she has a certain strength about her that they've they've done away with their parents from from an early age for whatever reason and they've kind of had to depend on each other um and i, I and i do kind of recognize a a strength within her as a character that is actually quite um what's the word something that i can appreciate hmm. even though you know she she obviously channels that strength in 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 ways and means that yeah uh, I, south to say the least but um yeah you, you so get, I, I so you, you get an idea between these two characters that their parents were rather abusive particularly the mother mm. and both the father as well uh, and mm. the idea that they were locked away quite a lot up in the attic by the, the, yeah. their parents and this kind of bond that, that, that grew out of that negligence and that hatred and that, that torturous behavior you can almost almost uh, understand why they have created such a bond um, yeah it's it's a codependent relationship it's mm -hmm. it's it's not i mean people say uh you know like things like dysfunctional but actually I, i'm not sure i'm not sure there is such a thing as dysfunctional when it comes to relationships you, you just function mm. um you, you can function unhealthily and you can function healthily but either way you, you function or you die you know these 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 two characters haven't died they, they've they've functioned in, a, in an unhealthy way throughout their lives and, and they've been brought to that place for through circumstance and I, and I feel like Chastain's character has you know the, the older she's got the more she's dug her heels in the more she's mm -hmm. you know set about her ways whereas I feel like yeah Hiddleston's characters come to this point where actually something's got to give uh you know the weight of guilt on his shoulders is weighing him down and finally this woman he meets is is the last straw it's 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 he doesn't want to go down that rabbit hole anymore so i i feel like that that's the you know that the character arc for him there is is it is yeah it's interesting it, it sucks me in i f yeah i feel for the guy even though he's done despicable things um and and I am rooting for for Wazakowska to to get free, to get out, to get away from these people. Like the moment she arrives at Crimson Peak, I'm like, oh, just go, go, get out there, get out. <laughs> you know, you see that hole in the ceiling and all the crap coming down it, and 
stuff coming up from the floor and it's cold it's not yeah it it's, it just barely looks livable and you're just mm. like oh man what have you done you've given up that and and that's again going back to what you said about um you know spending so much time in america mm-hmm. it, it makes you long to get back there because when we're in america we do see that she lives a quite comfortable life mm-hmm. you know she's in a nice house she she doesn't really have to want for anything no. um so taking her out of that environment and knowing that these two are up to something uh that ain't going to be kosher and knowing that you know she's had warnings from beyond the grave to not go to crimson peak beware crimson peak it, it, it yeah it, it does kind of fill you with this longing to get back to america to get back to her home and i think if we hadn't have spent as much time there as we do you maybe wouldn't have that longing because yeah, you know, you you can only know, I, you can only know how it feels to get back to to home when 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 you know what home is, and I feel like spending that time with her in her home environment really makes us know just how out of a depth and how down a hole she's in when she gets to Crimson Peak. Yeah. Okay, so have you anything else to add? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, some typically incredible scenes of violence from Del Toro as well. Oh, yeah. So when her when her father is killed, mm-hmm. um, that that is extremely brutal and extremely gruesome. It kind of reminded me of the scene from Pan's Labyrinth, actually, where the uh, the guy gets bottled in the face. Only this time, rather than a bottle, it's a, a sink. Mm. Um, I, I think Del Toro's just got the. I think that that's quite visceral and in your face, but I think one of the most disturbing images related to that is when the body is in the morgue and mm. they lift the, the yeah. sheet off. That's just you don't see anything. You you get a kind of mm. a, a little bit of a look, and it just yeah. looks horrific. Mm. It's it's, bec- and it's because you know that that that's her father. She's she's mm. looking at her father there, and it's like, Oof, all right, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so. Yeah, um, extreme violence uh, is is definitely on the agenda for this film. If you've, if you've got a, a weak disposition, maybe not for you. Uh, like and towards the end as well, the climax does get pretty pretty gnarly too. So mm-hmm. yeah, so wrap ups. Yeah, I I really like this film. I think it again. It it it's just it's dealing with. The themes that run throughout Del Toro's work, you know, who, who are the real monsters? You know, the things that look like monsters usually aren't, and the things that look proper and beautiful and kind and whatnot turn out to be the real monsters. Um, and uh, that's also reflected in the class that they come from as well. Uh, so, yeah. I really liked it. I do think it's one of Del Toro's better films. I'd certainly put it above Pacific Rim, which I think is highly overrated. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do a ranking here, but I, I, mm-hmm. I do. I, I actually think I prefer this over The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water, I feel, is overly praised. But it's still, it's still a good film, still a very good film, but for me i think i would rather watch this again before returning to shape of water so yeah, i'm going to give it a four out of five right um this is one of those movies that i i want to like more than i actually do um i, mm. I, I like the production value i like the majority of the cast it just it just leaves me a little bit cold um i, I find it drags on a little bit i just want the story to to rush a little bit more but that's part to do with the gothic horrors they do tend to take their time and build up the characters i just it's not something i can really connect with there's always a distance between it and myself yeah, for me it's a three out of five. Oh well there we go some you win some you lose <laughs> it was good to revisit okay them, to just solidify the thoughts yeah, our top so, five of this episode is top mm-hmm. five gothic horrors now I love these broad subjects because you're pretty much guaranteed that we're going to have completely different uh, choices on this list. Hopefully. Mm. 
So yeah, I, I, it, was, it was only looking into this and seeing what my options were that I realized that I, I guess it's it's a, a genre, subgenre, is it? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, subgenre of horror, a type of horror that I, I, I guess I'm not that particularly well versed in. Right. Um, I feel like there's much more scope, much more mm -hmm. room for me to develop my my knowledge base, I guess, of, right. of these kind of movies. But, um, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. let's get into it. Uh, who wants to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, my okay. number five is Sleepy Hollow. Um, I think it's uh, one of Burton's better movies. Uh, I like Christina Ritchie, Johnny Depp, the, the story that is familiar, The Headless Horseman. And it just plays into that kind of gothic. It has the, the kind of romance. It has the shadows, the crazy shapes, the... the, the that set in that kind of time period that you attribute with gothic horror, and I think it's, uh, like I said, one of the one of the better Burton movies, one that holds up today, uh, just as well as it did when it came out. It's a real treat. Yep. Uh, for me, I'm going with my num number number five choice is Dracula, the first Christopher Lee one, not the Universal mm -hmm. one, so the, ham the Hammer version. Um, I do like the Universal one, uh, but. I, I just yeah it 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 has dated somewhat um, in in certain respects and I I feel like the the Hammer Christopher Lee version does hold up a little bit better to me it's it's still a lot more enjoyable I I like the structure of it mm -hmm. I think it's it's really well yeah really well played and and I did get to see it actually at the cinema on a re-release um, wow. some years back about. Maybe about twenty years ago now, I, I think. Um, <laughs> Some years back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I I really liked it. It's it's. I like the color palette on it. I mm. yeah. It's it's good stuff. Uh, yep. Speaking of like a, a really good color palette, my number four is Kill Baby Kill by Mario Bava. Uh, and when I think of Gothic horror, this is one of the first ones that pops in my head because it's all kind of done in sets mostly, and it has that kind of. The mist covers the land most of the time. It's about a, mm. a, a, a doctor who's there to do an autopsy on a body. The villagers don't want him there. There's a spirit of a little girl haunting them. There is a mystery at the heart of this movie. And it just has all these kind of gothic horror nods and touches and this really vibrant colour streak throughout it. You know, everything seems to be dark and dank. It'll be these bright touches of colour, especially... Uh, particularly with the ghost or with uh, certain background images that just pop uh, a wonderful little gothic horror movie excellent okay uh, so my number four is Frankenstein created woman another hammer film mm -hmm. and in fact currently my favorite hammer film uh, so I did a bit of a season of hammer movies last year on, on my channel um, and yeah, I watched 10, 10 Hammer, Hammer films, basically back to back. Um, and this was my favorite of the bunch. Uh, so yeah, obviously I'm, I'm, you know, there is a lot of Hammer movies. They, they made mm. a lot of films. So I've scratched the surface um, of, of the catalog with those 10 movies. But like I say, of those 10, that was my favorite. Uh, just. I just really liked the the character development um, of you know Doctor Frankenstein himself and and just where where the film went. It's it's quite a it's 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 not an overblown movie. You know, it's 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 only a few locations, a few sets mm -hmm. kind of thing. But it's 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 very character driven and just yeah, it, was, it just it wasn't what I was expecting. I guess you know mm -hmm. I was expecting more kind of castle towers and electric vaults and, and all that kind yeah. of stuff and it, it wasn't it was more like a quiet kind of village um <laughs> mentality about it but yeah no i i really liked it it's definitely mm. I, and uh it's it's i believe it's martin one of martin scorsese's favorite movies um right so i i, I wouldn't quite go that far <laughs> um you know i wouldn't say it's one of my favorite movies but it is it is my favourite Hammer film that I've seen. So. Right. Um, my number three is a, a movie that I've not seen in quite a number of years, but it did leave a lasting impression on me, and that was Robert Wise's uh, The Haunting. Um, mm. I love this one. 
it's basically about an anthropologist who goes to a house with a couple of people and it's just terrifying and, and you get these one of the things that sticks with me is the wonderful sound design the way it, it manipulated that to create things just more terrifying than you thought they were going to be the way it had these really claustrophobic little rooms the way it dealt with some interesting thematics of you know that weren't really touched upon at the time it wasn't just a typical horror movie it had substance behind it as well as true scares in fact it's one that i really need to revisit pretty soon i think mm. okay um it, it, it's it's been a film that's been on my radar for some time i've not actually seen it but uh I've I've you know I've read a lot on it and, and seen a lot of clips and stuff and it is one that mm -hmm. kind of intrigues me so yeah uh, my number three is a film that we've reviewed on here before which is Bram mm -hmm. Stoker's Dracula the Francis Ford Coppola one um, yeah, yeah we, we pretty much <laughs> talked about about it ad nauseum on this podcast but uh, yeah. brilliant production design great performance by Gary Oldman um just amazing use of color uh music score is fantastic uh the gothic kind of yeah like i say the gothic production design is production design is just top notch um mm -hmm. yeah yeah fantastic mm -hmm. yeah, my number two is dario argento's suspiria which is, oh. yeah. <laughs> that is uh, nails on a chalkboard oh, for Brian um, I, I really like Suspiria it's a great movie um, it has that gothic feel it's all about witches set within this ballet school that feels more like an old abandoned castle than an actual school it has these uh, horrible nightmare scenes the use of colour and sound and, yeah it's a little bit abstract but I, I really do love Suspiria I don't know how anyone gets through that movie, man. I've, not, I've still not seen it all. I watched 40 minutes of it and I was just... I was losing my patience with it, man. Seriously losing my patience with it. Um, yeah. I, I, I would like to check out the remake, but... Very different. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. so. But But yeah. very good. Right. Um, my number two is Crimson Peak, which we've obviously just talked about, so there's no point banging on about it any further. <laughs> okay, uh, my number one is Bram Stoker's Dracula, which we've <laughs> had a full episode about, like you alluded to. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just perfect. It's one of those movies, I think we mentioned it on the review, that every time I go back to it, I am just in awe of what they accomplished. From the, mm. the, the, the actors to the set design, it looks amazing truly just a wonderful movie I think it's, it's one of those movies that you forget how good it is actually mm. um, it's one that doesn't necessarily jump out at me as a you know, oh yeah I, wanna, I really want to watch that right now um, and the last time I watched it which is when we did our review I only watched it because it got picked for our review thing and it was just like I, I, I know it's a good movie but I'm just not in a rush to watch it. And yet when I do watch it, I'm always reminded of just how many brilliant elements there are to it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, my number one is your number five, Sleepy Hollow. Um, yeah, I Sleepy Hollow came out at a time when Tim Burton was still my favourite director. Um, mm -hmm. He was for the longest time my favorite director he was the reason essentially that i wanted to become a director he was the he was the first director whose style whose visual style i noticed um that kind of made me tune into the fact that oh right yeah this is what a director does um so yeah you know like through the 90s batman batman returns edward scissorhands ed wood sleepy hollow it made up this body of work and you know nightmare before christmas which he didn't direct but he had a you know a heavy hand in the creation of um so i was i was a huge burton fan at this point like for me the the only couple of missteps he'd had was his first film peewee herman which i just no thanks um and um mars attacks which is still a good film it's entertaining mm -hmm. 
but it just wasn't it wasn't quite up there with with the rest of his stuff which I loved every other film he'd done I really loved so yeah uh, Sleepy Hollow I came into it as a Burton fan I came out of it still as a Burton fan because I thought the production di design was amazing uh, I, I, I thought the the horror elements were handled really well some a few nice little scares in there I thought mm -hmm. the effects work on Christopher Walken as the Headless Horseman was really good um, it was just it was just a fun romp um, <laughs> that reminded me of how I felt when I was a kid watching Hammer movies, which obviously mm. were, was a great inspiration for it to begin with. So, yeah. And it's, it really is the perfect marriage of story and director. I, I can't picture anybody else doing mm. Sleepy Hollow. You know, it has it's mm. such an individual feel about it. Um, yeah. It's perfect, perfect choice. Yeah. So now we're moving on to, you know, the next episode. The little game that we like to play. The one where we, or you, are going to give five synopses. I will mm -hmm. delete one at a time, and whichever we are left with will be the movie that we will review next episode. Mm -hmm. So let's get started. I can, I can tell you that mm. um, I have not seen any of these films. Um, one of them I have seen probably half of, but that's about it. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, and basically, I've taken the synopsis from of, of each of these from various places, but I've turned them into Muppets movies in order to help disguise what mm. they really are. So, first up. Kermit the Frog is young and naive when he go, gives up college and volunteers for combat in the US military. Upon arrival in a war zone, he quickly discovers that his presence is quite non-essential and is considered insignificant to the other soldiers. Kermit also has to struggle with the war that wages between his two commanding officers, Fozzie Bear and Rizzo the Rat. No. If that is the actual character, I think I might pick that because that sounds amazing. <laughs> Number two. Gonzo is a defiant young city kid who finds himself on the run with his uncle, the Swedish chef. When a manhunt ensues, the two are forced to put their differences aside and work together to survive the harsh conditions of the wild. Number three. Beaker is a high finance golden boy who decides to make his way across the city for a spur of the moment appointment. However, with the city in turmoil and traffic at a standstill, his day is going to be met with multiple frustrations that only serve to intensify his paranoia that assassination is imminent. Number four. Floyd Pepper must take on the identity of Scooter in order to infiltrate a certain mob family. However, when he gets too close to mob hitman Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, he must decide where his loyalties truly lie. And number five, Rizzo the Rat is a con man with big dreams. When he meets Sam Eagle, a good-looking bird who believes he is God's gift to women, this unlikely pair progress from partners in shady business to the best of friends. Ooh. Which mm. Muppet movie do you want to get rid of? Well, I think there's, there's one which I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what it is and mm. I don't think I'm interested in it at all. So okay. I'm going to get rid of Cosmopolis, which I believe is number three. You are correct. That is Cosmopolis. That was the that. only one I had any okay. idea about. Okay. Out of those other four synopses, the one that I am not interested in at all was number two. Let's get Gonzo out of here. You have gotten rid of Taika Waititi's Hunt oh. for the Wilder People. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Terrible. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not playing anymore, Brian. <laughs> Just, I've, I've had enough. Never judge a film by its Muppets cover. Right, can you give me the three synopsis again, please? No, no, okay. just the, the last two, four and five. Last two. Floyd Pepper must take on the identity of Scooter in order to infiltrate a certain mob family. However, when he gets too close to mob hitman Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, he must decide where his loyalties truly lie. See, that, that sounds an awful lot like Donny Brasco, but I'm sure you must have seen that. Right, okay, five. Rizzo the Rat is a con man with big dreams. When he meets Sam Eagle, a good-looking bird who believes he is God's gift to women, this unlikely pair progress from partners in shady business to the best of friends. I wonder if that... I wonder if... You, you've pulled a fast one there. And that is actually Midnight Cowboy. With Rizzle, the character. I don't know. Don't know, Brian. You've, you've... Don't do Muppets again. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I... Do you have... A f- was there one out of this list that you really wanted to see? Just out of curiosity. Um, no, I I, I want to see all of these because they're, they're on my shelf of Blu-rays that I have, or DVDs that I've bought but never actually seen. Okay, I am going to get rid of four. You have indeed gotten rid of Donny Brasco. Wow. Okay, so can you give me the first one again? <laughs> <laughs> The first one is Kermit the Frog is young and naive when he gives up college and volunteers for combat in the US military. Upon arrival in a war zone, he quickly discovers that his presence is quite non-essential and is considered insignificant to the other soldiers. Kermit also has to struggle with the war that wages between his two commanding officers, Fozzie Bear and Rizzo the Rat. I'm going to get rid of that one. You've gotten rid of Best Picture Oscar winner, Platoon. Oh, I've not seen that in years. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one that I've seen uh, probably half of. I've okay. never gotten around seeing the rest. Yeah. So, so that leaves us with another Best Picture Oscar winner, Midnight Cowboy. Fantastic! I haven't Which seen I've that never one. Seen. You've not Me either. Nope, I've not seen it. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. But good call then. Considering you've not seen it, good call on the synopsis. Yeah, um, I picked up the, the disc last year. Hmm. Uh, in a sale, so that's good. I'll get to throw that on at some point. And what's going to be the top five, Brian? The top five is going to be top five Dustin Hoffman. Performances or movies, Ooh. which whichever yeah. whichever one floats your boat. Why, <laughs> Mr. Lomax, are you trying to stump me? Wow, that's going to be a hard one. He's got Fantastic a rich back catalogue to go to there. Um, I, I think I will go with movies rather than performances. Okay. Just, yeah. Okay. And Sphere is back in the mix. <laughs> forget it i'll go with performances <laughs> uh, right what, however you however you want to play it it's up to you yeah 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 i think just movies is is good okay. but we'll see we'll see i mean there's plenty plenty to choose from a mm-hmm. career spanning what 50 years 60 years yeah yeah wow okay well as always thanks for listening Thanks for downloading. We appreciate it if you pop over to iTunes and give us a little rating. It allows people to discover our movie ramblings and maybe we'll get a little bit more uh, viewership, listenership. As always, we'll see you next month. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Wait for me. 